So on an early morning practice, we literally, one of the players actually got sick in the middle of the practice because of the effort. Like, you know how you go out of your your own comfort zone? This is what we were doing in this training session. And I stepped out into the, it was we had to do it indoors. I stepped out into the hallway and I, I got really emotional myself because I, I thought, wow, if they're willing to give that much, you know, I can't imagine that other people are doing that. And one of the players actually caught me kind of in that emotional state. And she said, Coach, what's wrong? What's going on? I went back inside and I said, I said, ladies, I, I, I think we can win. Welcome to My Oneonta Life, a podcast about everything Oneonta. I'm your host, Jared Stanley. On this show, we discover the stories and experiences of the people who make SUNY Oneonta the place we like to call home. Sixteen years ago this month, the SUNY Oneonta women's soccer team achieved something that all college athletes dream of, winning a national championship. On this episode, we talk with former coaches, staff, and players who take us inside the historic win. It was 2003, and the team was on a hot streak. They finished the regular season with a 17-1-2 record and a SUNYAC championship. They made it into the NCAA National Tournament and went on to win the quarterfinal and semifinal matches and set themselves up to compete for the national championship. Jeff Hazard, Assistant Athletic Director and Sports Information Director, remembers getting a phone call after Oneana won their quarterfinals match. I get a phone call like on Sunday night, like late Sunday night. It's like 11 o'clock. And it, uh, the athletic director's like, hey, we're hosting. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, we're hosting the national championship weekend. Uh, and that was during Thanksgiving week. So, of course, now you're saying there are no kids on campus. Uh, at the time, I had a part-time intern assistant person, uh, Sandy Moxley, who lives in Oneana, uh, helping me. So I told her, I said, you know, we got to get ready for this, this Final Four. When it came to prepping for the game, head coach Tracy Ranieri wasn't worried. The fact that we were hosting was going to be a huge advantage. The fact that Chicago and DePauw and New Jersey were all traveling quite a distance, we, we, we felt confident that sleeping in our own bed and having a normal routine was going to be an advantage for us. The community rallied together to support the team. I'll never forget um, Thanksgiving Day. Uh, I came back to my to my house after practice, and folks on campus had made a Thanksgiving dinner and left it inside our kitchen, so I could rally the players and say, "Hey, let's let's go have some, let's go have a meal." And it, those are the kind of things that make Oneana so incredibly special, um, you know. And everybody was doing, everybody was excited for the women, and that made the women even more um, feel responsible to do their absolute best. It's game day. Everyone is excited, nervous, and ready to hit the field. We can't forget that we beat College in New Jersey 2-1 to one in a really close game in a snowstorm just the day before. That was probably the toughest game that we had 
ever played up to that point, right? So um, we knew that we were going to be fatigued, but I think that at this point we just had to be smart about how we were playing. And I, I come back to leadership. I didn't really have to say much for a bunch of women that uh, were ready to play in a national championship. With the road that they had had to endure up to this point. And the game began. Both teams were on point. The first goal went to Chicago just before halftime. I think the greatest part about the game for myself that I remember is Chicago in that national championship game scored an amazing goal from a flank service to a diving head. I mean, Laura Marcone, who's now in our Hall of Fame, got her fingertips on this ball. It was one of the greatest goals I've ever seen in Division Three. I mean, it was a really high-level goal. And we were losing one to nothing at halftime. So in the locker room, that speech was the speech that I was like, oh my God, guys, if we lose this game because of that goal, I will be satisfied. And they did not like that answer, but I was like, that was the greatest goal that in a high-level college women's game. How fantastic. You couldn't have gotten that. Let's just go out there and try to do it. And I think that was even more motivating for them for like, what? I mean, we are, no, we're going to have a better goal than that. As the clock was running down during the second half, officials were preparing for the Chicago win. Our team never quit, never quit. And uh, so the game was wearing down, you know, winding down and... And the NCAA people were in the press box and we're, we're now starting to prepare the, like the final championship script, you know? Here's the winning team, here's the team, you know, runner-up. And, uh, you know, so we're, we're doing that, we're focusing on that. And then all of a sudden... Junior Brooke Davis scored the tying goal. You know, in one second you're preparing a script because you think the game is going to be over because there's less than a minute and you're... And Chicago was already, you know, their coach had already kind of started getting them ready on the sidelines, you know, this is, let's get our sweats on and let's start looking like we're, you know, the winning team and everything. And, and then it just changed. With 29 seconds left on the clock, the team finished out the second half, tied 1-1, ready for overtime. I was really proud of how they managed that. There was no coaching involved with that. That was just leadership on the field, getting it done, and as they had been doing through many tough games throughout the whole year. During the the few minutes that we had to collect as a team, I I keep going back to this self-belief and this leadership that this group felt throughout the year that said, of course we're going to of course we're going to do this. There's no other option here. We're in. We're on our home field. We have all of our family and friends around us. The sun came out in a way that, you know, after the, it was 30 degrees, it was like, this is meant to be. Let's just go out and do this. And so really, I, I can't really remember what I said in that, in that overtime period other than let's just play our game. Let's, let's continue to play in our mentality and our strategy that we had kept. Two minutes into overtime, the team accomplished what they set out to do. Senior and team captain Sonata Bailey scored the winning goal. They catch the corner of the goal, and and you could see it. You know, you if you know when you watch the video, you know our players are 
looking and celebrating and you could just see Chicago, the goalie, like the goalie just couldn't believe it. Like she just, like that just went in. She thought it was going wide. Like she just thought it was going wide. It'll be a goal kick and we'll start from scratch. And when it went in, you know, you could just see them. It was like their heads were down and just like, wow, I can't believe that just happened. You know, we say it was like a magical goal. It was just, it was meant to be. It really was meant to be. Sophomore goalkeeper Laura Marcone, a 2019 inductee into the Oneana Athletics Hall of Fame, believes that the tenacity of the team got them to this point. That team had just something special, and my teammates there in the room can, can certainly speak to that too. We had the personality, the grit, the drive on the field, but it was also off the field. We just were cohesive. Sonata Bailey was inducted into the Oneana Hall of Fame in 2018. She credits the support of her team and athletic staff for the team's success on the field. Tracy was the first person that believed in me before I could even believe in myself. So as a captain, I tried to bring that to our team. If you're ever down, you just kind of have to believe, as cheesy as that might sound, that you can pull off almost the impossible. Dr. Perry just said, you know, after that I believed in miracles. And the thing is, there were little miracles that happened all throughout that season that led us to where we were. So I guess, you know, if I could sum it up, just to be on that team was a huge blessing. It brought me things that I never thought I could have and gave me faith that everything is possible, even when odds are against you, Um, and that when you have the right people around you, amazing things can happen. You know, it's still kind of, you know, emotional because, yeah, at that point there was... There was, you know, there was exhilaration, there was some disbelief, there was exhaustion. You know, we had worked so hard to get to this point, and there was great satisfaction. And, you know, just watching the players, like, really lift each other up and jump on top of each other and celebrate together, you know, from a coach's standpoint, you want, every single coach wants to give their players that experience and It's a really hard thing to do. So there was a moment of just true satisfaction to know that, you know, this this is life changing. When you when you are the best in the country, those those that feeling stays with you so that in the other pieces of their life, relationships, academics, their careers, they're all incredibly successful. And I believe that this being the best and, and, and the challenge and the struggles that they had to go through to be the best uh, have a lot, I hope have carried through to the rest of their lives so that they can have these incredible, incredible experiences believing in themselves. One more very special thing about that year was the fact that uh, my husband David and I did it together. I think as a coach, when you have the support um, of family around you, because it is such a challenging profession with long hours and and that, 
uh, we were able to coach together and it was just a really incredible memory for us in our, in our lives together. That's it for this episode of My Oni Unto Life. I'm Jared Stanley. See you next time.